What is going on, everybody out there in podcast land? Welcome to the latest episode of the Fortress of Rock. I am the maestro Kevin Crane. You are who you are. It is episode 96, Friday night, June the 16th, 2023, Father's Day weekend. Hope all the dads out there have a great weekend. Hope everybody has a great weekend, but especially the dads out there. Maybe you'll get a break from doing chores and working on stuff around the house. Who knows? Every situation is different, but from personal experience, I will say henpecked doesn't go away on Father's Day weekend. That being said, because I am a bitter man, we move into segment one, which is always news of the world each and every Friday here on the Fortress of Rock. The latest rock and roll news, our tribute to Freddie Mercury and Queen. Lots of old school news here this week in segment one. First up, Bill Wyman is coming back to play on a new Rolling Stones song to be featured on their upcoming album. The song also features some of the last recorded drum work from the late, great Charlie Watts. Love him or hate him, you've got to admire the Rolling Stones for trying, for still trying, still being creative, still being active. And again, as I I tend to say here on the, the podcast every six months or so, If Keith Richards can make it as long as he has with what he has done to himself, then there is hope for all of us. So we talk about the Rolling Stones. How about the Beatles? Paul McCartney has come out with news that he has created what he is calling the final Beatles song using artificial intelligence. Cleaning up some vocals and piano parts that he had on a cassette from John Lennon. Now, rumor and speculation is that that song is Now and Then, which was a song rumored years and years and years ago. If you guys remember Free as a Bird, when that came out, everybody, whoa, a new Beatles song, what? They actually released a couple new songs, stuff they dug up, found in the vault, polished up, did not use the song, or at least the the song idea, the snippet, now and then. That is what is rumored to be what Paul McCartney is basing this final Beatles song on using AI. New music news. Alice Cooper 
brand new album coming out August the 25th called Road. Basically, from what I've read, he wants to try to bring his touring band into the studio, recapture the energy of the live shows. By all accounts, he's pretty happy with it. Feels like that's what they did. New Alice Cooper Road out August the 25th. Rick Springfield. Talk about ambitious. Rick Springfield has got a brand new album coming out. And there are going to be a lot of performers, bands, acts we talk about throughout this particular episode of the Fortress of Rock where you guys are going to go, that's not rock. Oh, come on. Why are we talking about this guy or this woman or this band? Although my daughter thinks I am a music snob, I am not a music snob. I embrace all types of music. Maybe not rap, but we'll even talk about a little bit of rap here later on on The Fortress. But I always thought Rick Springfield was vastly, vastly underrated. Sammy Hagar, close friend of Rick Springfield. If Sammy respects Rick Springfield, we should all respect Rick Springfield. Of course, Rick Springfield took Sammy's song, I've Done Everything For You, and made it a huge hit. Rick Springfield has a new album coming out called Automatic. Automatic will be released August the 4th. 20 new songs. That is right, kids. 20 new songs. Not sure if it's a single disc. If you're like me and you're looking at the CD. His comments on the album make me believe it's a single disc. Shorter songs. He basically said he was trying to create tight, hook-based three-minute songs. So do the math. 20 times 3 puts you at 60 minutes. Plenty of time to fit onto a single CD. Once again, Automatic by Rick Springfield will be out August the 4th. Now, we talked a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, about the new Pretenders album, Relentless. Quick note here on that. News has just come out that that release date has been pushed back a couple weeks. So now, Relentless by the Pretenders will be out September the 15th, 2023. You guys know I'm torn on this. I don't know where I'm going to go with this. I don't know if I'm going to review the album when it comes out. We reviewed the first single. Inevitably, we knew it was coming. Dolly Parton has released two more songs off her upcoming album, Rock Star. One brand new original, one cover song. And of course, we've gone through the breakdown on this album. A lot of cover songs, but there's a decent chunk 
of original stuff on it. So, again, I'm torn. You know, my affection, my love for Judas Priest. I could see us reviewing that song at least on a future podcast episode of The Fortress of Rock. Now, the other release is a cover song featuring the great Ann Wilson. Of course, it has to be a cover of a heart song. Dolly Parton and Ann Wilson redoing Magic Man. So we'll see. You guys know I've been a little bit fluid lately with the songs, especially on what I'm going to review and what I'm not going to review. It's all about mood with music. If the mood hits me, I'll review it. And then finally, yeah, I know it's a little bit of a short segment here. News of the World on June the 16th. Not really a ton going on. The president, Joe Biden, celebrating what he considers a major win as Ticketmaster, Live Nation, of course, bundled together, those two are, as Yoda would say. They're going to give us what they call all-in pricing. Now, those of you out there who buy concert tickets on a regular basis like I do know that Ticketmaster and Live Nation in the past have done this all-in special once a year. I believe this year it was last month where for a week they sell reduced price tickets all-in, as they've been calling it, and it's very... Very reasonable, very, very acceptable as they drop prices and they also do not charge fees or they build the fees into the price. Now, this year, I believe it was $25 for lawn seats to any outdoor venue you wanted to go to for most concerts. And again, no fees, nothing tacked on, 25 bucks. You go check it out. One ticket, three tickets, five tickets, $25 per. Now, as the president celebrates his victory against Ticketmaster and Live Nation, you'll have to forgive me for being a skeptic. Because the fact that they're going to show you up front what you're paying doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a better deal. In a way, Ticketmaster and Live Nation, they're acting like martyrs. Oh, oh, look at what we have to do for the fans. Look at what we have to do. Aren't we wonderful it's like a humble brag. Aren't we fantastic? We're going to do this. Do you really think they're going to drop the overall final price of a ticket? No. No, they're not. 
you're just going to get sticker shock earlier in the process than you would normally. Instead of having to wait until the end where you go, what? What? How much is this ticket? A $30 ticket is now almost $50? What? No, you're just going to go, really? $50 for this standing room only small venue for a second or third tier band or performer? In a way, I think this is going to backfire on Ticketmaster and Live Nation. It's going to hurt their relationship with their performers because a lot of people are going to see the price and drop out immediately. I just wonder, how is it going to work? You guys know the process. Again, those of you out there who buy concert tickets regularly, you go on the website, you sign in, you wait in the queue, you get to jump in and buy your tickets hovering over the map. You've already hopefully prearranged in your mind where you want to go, where you're going to be hunting for seats. If it's an outdoor venue, you know, kind of got to be prepared for where is the sun going to be? Is the sun going to be setting in my eyes on this side of the venue? Do I need to go to the other side? These are things you got to think about. An indoor venue, you're looking for sight lines, the best possible sight line you can get close to the aisle. But again, are you just going to get boom? Here's the, the massive major ridiculously overpriced ticket right off the bat. That's going to scare people off to me even more than if they go through the process of selecting tickets getting to the end, and then they go, oh, boy, here we go. Here are the fees. Here are the taxes. It will be interesting to see how this all plays out, how it is all implemented. I do not trust Ticketmaster and Live Nation as far as I can throw them. And with all the employees they have, that would be a pretty Olympian feat. I don't trust the president in his victory lap, acting like he's done us a great favor. The goal should have been to get rid of the fees, as he calls them, junk fees. This did not get rid of the junk fees, from what I can tell. You're just going to get the junk fees tacked on straight up front. Like I said, sticker shock right at the beginning instead of at the end. So again, we shall see how this plays out. But I can tell you how this episode of the Fortress of Rock is playing out. We're done with segment one. News of the world is over. But segment two is coming up, including a review of one of the most highly anticipated rock albums of 2023. In our breakdown segment, we feature... Six, the new album from Extreme. It has been roughly 15 years since we got Saudades de Rock. 
Stay tuned through a quick promo break, and I'll be right back with my lengthy, detailed review of six and the 12 tracks contained therein. I am the maestro Kevin Crane, and I will be right back. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Fortress of Rock podcast with me, the maestro Kevin Crane. Of course, that was segment one, the news of the world, our tribute to Freddie Mercury and Queen, where we look back at the past week in rock and roll and all the news and all the controversies that you deserve to know about. Next up is the heart of the show, the meat and potatoes breakdown, where we are going to review all the new songs, all the new albums, all the new concert tours, the shows that I've seen personally. Stay tuned for that. Of course, we're now available on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Hang out, kids. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Fortress of Rock. June the 16th, 2023. I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. Breakdown, segment two, each and every week. Album reviews, song reviews, and of course, coming up in just a few weeks as the summer concert season kicks in here on the Fortress. Concert reviews will be coming hard and heavy one in a couple weeks. We'll discuss that more in wrap it up at the end of this show. Once we hit late July, though, I've been telling you guys this weekly concert reviews all the way through September. We've got two songs for you this week, but of course, one very important album review. Been waiting for this one for quite a while. Finally going to get to see them in concert coming up late summer this year with the great, fantastic, awesome Living Color. I am talking, of course, about Nuno Betancourt, Gary Sharon, and the boys in Extreme. The brand new album is Six. If you have seen the album cover, this promises, or at least based on said album art, promises to be a heavy-hitting, molten lava jolt of rock and roll. Those of you who know and love Extreme know their tendencies through their first five albums. They can be mellow. They can be experimental. They can delve into a little bit of hip-hop, a little bit of rap, a little bit of this, metal, a little bit of that. Six is no exception, but does that make it a good album, a great album, a classic album, or just a mediocre album? 12 tracks on the album six, and as always, what we do here on the Fortress of Rock with any significant new release, we review it track by track. Now, the beginning of this album is very easy to review because the first four songs are 
the four songs that we have reviewed already in previous episodes of The Fortress. And they, they were released basically in this order. So song one, Rise. Song two, Hashtag Rebel. Song three, Banshee. And song four, the recently reviewed Other Side of the Rainbow. So you guys know, based on previous episodes, previous reviews, how much I absolutely love Love, love Rise, the lead-off track. This is classic, top-level extreme. Nuno Betancourt with some of the greatest guitar work you will ever hear on a recorded song. Channeling his inner Eddie Van Halen. There are echoes of Van Halen throughout this album. Even though I know Nuno does not like those comparisons. But Rise is still a contender for best song of the year. Can't say anything bad about it. Can't say anything bad about it as the lead-off track. And then I am very partial to Hashtag Rebel. Because I love the commentary and the lyrics about social media and critics hiding in their mom's basement and extremely catchy, rocks your face off. If it wasn't for the fact that Rise is a transcendent song, hashtag Rebel might be a contender for best song of the year, but it is being blocked by another song from the same band. But again, we start off with a one-two combo punch to your rock and roll gut that is wonderful and awesome. And you're thinking, this is going to be good, kids. And then we get the third single, which kind of the third single. Hashtag Rebel was released side by side with Banshee. Now, Banshee's not, to me, quite as good as Rise or Hashtag Rebel, but it is still a great Awesome, rocking song. So we're three songs in, and we're still looking at, easily, at this point, album of the year. No doubt. No qualms about saying that. Then we get the mellow side of Gary Sharon and Nuno Betancourt. They can't help themselves. Because, of course, they made their money. They made their nut on mellow stuff like wholehearted and more than words. So why would you stray away from that formula? We'll rock out a bit to satisfy the guys. And then, of course, the classic 80s hair metal formula. Gotta throw a couple ballads in for the ladies. But can you make those ballads work? Can you make them good enough, strong enough, where the guys aren't walking to the bathroom at your concert when you're performing the songs. Other Side of the Rainbow, good enough where I would not take a bathroom break. Is it great? Is it fantastic? No. 
It's solid. It's catchy enough. It is not open arms. It is not can't fight this feeling. It is not wretch-inducing pap. But then, oh boy, but then we get to track five. Now it's time to get rid of the beer. Now it's time to go to the bathroom because Small Town Beautiful Track 5 is just such generic pedestrian balladry. Literally could have been written by a fourth grader. And I hate to say that because of the respect I have for the guys in Extreme, but Small Town Beautiful is trash. It is trash. And now, all of a sudden, six has come crashing down, all hopes of it being album of the year, fading away because of this pandering, mellow moment. Let's make a ballad for the women. Let's make a ballad so everybody will hold up their phones. Used to be the lighters, of course. And again, this is the time the guys who really care about rock and roll head to the bathroom, go grab another beer. Now we start track six, The Mask, kind of where we get into the more experimental side of Extreme, where they're taking some more chances here. I would basically say songs six through ten are where Extreme are trying to branch out a little bit. And again, nothing wrong with that. Some of their best moments on earlier albums have been these types of songs. They branch out lyrically. They branch out musically. They try different things. So basically, right now, we're looking at an album where the, the first three songs are the straight-ahead, punch-you-in-the-face, awesome rock songs. Tracks four and five are for the ladies. And tracks 6 through 10 are extreme trying to find a new and different path. Even if it's for just one song, to briefly branch out. So The Mask features some creepy demonic singing from Nuno Betancourt. Not in a bad way. It fits the song. The theme of the song, of course, is everybody's wearing a mask. In tone, in theme, similar to maybe Billy Joel's The Stranger. Not bad. Pretty good song. Pretty good song. A little bit redundant on the lyrics, as we'll tend to find out here more and more over the next few songs. Um, but The Mask is a nice little comeback from the almost snooze-inducing double play of Other Side of the Rainbow in Small Town Beautiful. And then we get to track seven. We want to talk about repetitive lyrics and you want to talk about very experimental musical sounds. Thicker than blood. And neither one of those is meant as a criticism. 
but there are very heavy, heavy, almost industrial music tile, style synths on Thicker Than Blood. It's a good song. It's almost a dance song. I hate to say that, but it's almost a dance song. It almost has a, a industrial disco feel to it. And the repetitive lyrics don't help the cause. There's not a lot of depth to the lyrics here. Basically, it's love is thicker than blood. Love is thicker than blood. Not a bad song, though. It's fine. It's catchy. It's different. I don't mind that. Then we get to track eight, Save Me. Which sounds like the extreme of the first three songs trying to push its way out again and can't quite get there. Save Me doesn't have the power or the hook that Rise, Hashtag Rebel, or Banshee have. But it's more of a straight-ahead rocker. I liked it a little bit better than its predecessors, Thicker Than Blood and The Mask. But this little three-song run here, The Mask, Thicker Than Blood, and Save Me, is pretty solid. Partial redemption. But then again, we have to go mellow again. Track nine, Hurricane. When I saw the track listing, I thought, Hurricane has got to be a drop-dead rocker. Got to be molten lava, metal, in your face. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Again, Nuno Betancourt jumps in on vocals. Now, as far as ballads go, it's much better than Small Town Beautiful. I wouldn't say it's as good as the mid-tempo Other Side of the Rainbow, but at least it's not embarrassing. It's a moderately decent slower song. But at this point, I'm going three out of the nine songs on six have been mellow, poppy, in a way, for the girls type songs. Then we get back into the experimental phase. And boy, do we ever get into the experimental phase. The heavy, the heavy synthesizers come back into play on X Out. X Out is almost six minutes long. And again, a lot of synthesizers. There's other keyboards, piano involved. There is a great guitar solo from Nuno Betancourt. And I should mention at this point, Nuno's guitar work on this album is, for the most part, phenomenal. It's the songwriting that I have a problem with. Him and Gary Sharon, we've waited 15 years, and you almost get to the point now, when you're 10 songs in, you want to go, this is the best you could do after 15 years? X Out is just long. It doesn't really seem to go anywhere. Again, very repetitive, over and over and over again. Chorus, X out, X out, X out. Wanted, expected more. 
Then the final two songs are very curious. Track 11, Beautiful Girls. Yes, there is your next Van Halen reference, your blatant Van Halen reference, although it is a different, brand new composition. It is not a cover song of Van Halen's Beautiful Girls. This one almost plays out more like a jaunty reggae Jimmy Buffett type song. I'm surprised the hashtag Me Too movement hasn't called for an outright ban of extreme for objectifying women. Oh, terrible. That's all 80s rock and roll was about, and it was wonderful and glorious. So the blatant Van Halen tribute, Beautiful Girls, does feature a reference. I found a couple things in this song outside of the title, of course. Um, fun in that there is a reference to California girls. You know, some people will say, oh, it's Beach Boys. Well, given the context of what this song is, the tribute to Van Halen, Nuno basically talking about the influence that the death of Eddie Van Halen had on him in creating this album. I think the California Girls lyrical reference is more aimed at the David Lee Roth version of California Girls. And then finally, if you know, and most of you, if you don't, shame on you, most of you should know Van Halen's version of Beautiful Girls. They're their song, Beautiful Girls, got that little kiss at the end. And Extreme also gives you a little kiss at the end. Perfect homage to Van Halen. The song itself, I'll take it. It's fun. It's fun. It's a great party song. Um, again, in this day and age, I'm surprised they let this one slide through. I'm glad they did <laughs> because we need to loosen up. Stop being so pretentious. Stop being so judgmental. Beautiful Girls is cool. Not the be all end all, but it's a cool song. And then finally, a curious closing tune called Here's to the Losers. You've got a choir chorus towards the end. Not the best song in the world, but I, I kind of like the spirit behind it. I think if they had rewritten it musically, maybe made it a little more rocking, really turned it up to 11 on this instead of making it more of a mid-tempo song. I think it would have been more successful. Uh, as it is, it's okay. So, my overall review of Six by Extreme. I can't say anything other than it is disappointing. Now, does that mean I don't recommend it? No. No. It is still a solid album. Worth listening to. I give it a definite recommendation. I'm just telling you, 
do not fall into the trap that I fell into and expect after 15 years that Extreme has come back with all this pent-up, fantastic, creative outburst that gives you a ridiculously awesome comeback album. It is not that at all. It is a just regular, normal, solid follow-up album. Just happens to come 15 years after the last one. <laughs> but you still should check out Six by Extreme again, just for the first three tracks. Just put them on repeat and go through those over and over and over again. Those three songs, Rise, Hashtag Rebel, and Banshee, are worth the price of admission. All right, let's move on to our two songs of the week. Now, a friend of mine mentioned this on past podcast episodes, trying to get me to listen to different stuff, different performers. Now, I have I know who Corey Taylor is. I know he's in Slipknot. I'm not a Slipknot guy, but I do know when Corey Taylor goes out on his own, he had here recently a fantastic group of cover songs that he did, including John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Bands on the dark side. And he did a tremendous version of that. So now we get a new song from Corey Taylor called Beyond. Now, unfortunately, I cannot say that Beyond went beyond my expectations. Sorry, had to say it. It's about what I expected. It's okay. Um, not bad. Definitely not not bad. Um, especially given some of the other stuff that we've listened to and reviewed here in 2023 on the Fortress. <laughs> Smashing pumpkins. <laughs> beyond is is okay. Again, it's it's it just it reminds me of the song Save Me that we just reviewed on Extreme's six album, where it sounds like there's a really, really good song in there trying to break through, and it just never can quite get out. There's not an ultimately catchy hook. I will say this musically, the guitar, the band, very, very solid. Um, you can tell they're putting their all into it. It's just the song itself is not good enough to make it anything other than a mild, mild, tepid, maybe, possibly, if you've got nothing better to do, recommendation. But saving grace for Corey Taylor. His song Beyond is still much, much better than Greta Van Fleet's latest single, the third from Starcatcher, coming out July the 21st. What can I say about Farewell for Now? I will tell you this. This is a rarity. I usually am loyal when it comes to music. If you give me something outstanding, 
that I latch on to and that I love the next three or four albums, I'll buy them, I'll listen to them, I'll give you a break, I'll give you a pass. But we're now three songs in on Starcatcher. All three of these songs are trash. I had to pull out an album, an EP. It's considered an EP, but it's still to me a full-length album. You guys know this. Those of you who are into newer rock, Greta Van Fleet's From the Fires. And I'm holding it in my hands right now, and I'm turning it over, and I'm looking at the eight songs on this phenomenal album. Safari Song, Highway Tune, Black Smoke Rising. And I, I don't know what happened to this band. Where have they gone? This traces back to my review of their concert. We reviewed it in early 2022 here on The Fortress. And I told you guys they were mediocre at best. Rival Sons, of course, now one of my favorite new bands, even though they've been around for quite a while, kicked Greta Van Fleet's butt. And now it's just getting worse and worse and worse. These songs just are wandering, meandering, prog rock garbage. And now they're posing for pictures. Yes, we know about Sacred, The Thread, the last single where they were singing about their jumpsuits. And now they're posing for these Dungeons and Dragons photos with swords and... I. I don't understand what has happened to this band. The extraordinary step I have taken, which I alluded to a few minutes ago. Again, I am a very loyal listener. I don't expect every band, every performer to be perfect. I know Pearl Jam and Bruce Springsteen are usually good for one classic album every seven or eight years the other stuff is usually mediocre at best but i keep listening because i know somewhere they're going to come back with something phenomenal i am done officially with greta van fleet i have canceled my order on amazon of starcatcher i will not waste my time or money on this band anymore that is how bad these three songs from Starcatcher sound to me. That is how far from grace they have fallen in my eyes. I would love to have a discussion with somebody out there in the audience at some point in time who still loves Greta Van Fleet, and I would love to have them explain to me why this is not the same band that gave us from the fires. I know, I talked about this before. I, I brought the Strokes in as another band that was supposed to be the next great American rock band that turned out to be subpar and disappointing. So I promise you, you will not hear anything more about Greta Van Fleet 
from me because I'm not reviewing any more of this. I'm not wasting my time on this garbage unless they do a complete 180 and get back to where they were almost a decade ago. And that is going to do it for Breakdown. Breakdown, of course, our tribute to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Hang out until the end, the final segment, to find out what will be featured next week in our Breakdown segment. But, of course, it's time for me to head out to the garage here at the Fortress of Rock. Beautiful night. Hope it's this beautiful wherever you are. Doc Brown getting the rock and roll DeLorean fired up to 1.21 gigawatts as we're going to head back in time. He is a little worried about where we're going. We are going to be straying mostly away from rock and roll. I mentioned this in segment one. This episode's going to be all over the map. We're going to be talking about a lot of R&B. We're going to be talking about a lot of hippie rock from the 60s and 70s. I can't change the past. All I can do is report it to you, my faithful listeners. So, with that, quick promo break coming up. Doc Brown and I will be in the time stream in just a minute. All right, now that we've looked at the current state of music in our breakdown segment, it is time to climb into the DeLorean and travel back in time to look back at moments in rock and roll history, birthdays, deaths, anniversaries of song and album releases, it is time for I Want to Go Back, our tribute to Eddie Money. Stay tuned. And as always, we're on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public, anywhere where you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, everybody, welcome back to segment three of the Fortress of Rock here. June the 16th, 2023, Doc Brown and I are in the rock and roll time stream, heading back through rock and roll history in segment three, as always, each and every Friday, I want to go back, our tribute to the late great Eddie Money, anniversaries of classic album releases, we've got birthdays and significant moments in rock and roll history to discuss But first, you guys know each and every week I have to take care of business at this point in time on the podcast. First up, acknowledging my sources for some of my stories here in segment three and in segment one, News of the World. As much as I like to think of myself as a musical savant when it comes to rock and roll knowledge, need help. We all need a little help, a little help from our friends. I get that help from ultimateclassicrock.com, thisdayinmusic.com, and of course the great, the glorious Van Halen News Desk. And then of course, you found us somewhere. You found me. But you have options. There are other places 
you can find the Fortress of Rock podcast, Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Apple, the newly added iHeartRadio, Overcast, CastBox, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and Audible. And of course, do not forget to check out the Fortress of Rock Facebook page where you will always find every Friday right around the time that this episode is recording. You will find the Weekend Rock Project. We find a common theme, a common thread, a word, a, some kind of a an event happening. Now, we already did Father's Day a year or two ago, so we're, we're not doing that this year. This weekend's Weekend Rock Project, kind of continuing a theme from last week, where we asked you for your favorite songs involving cars. Well, now we're going up in the air. This weekend, we want your favorite rock songs talking about airplanes, flying, So get on the Facebook page and drop us a comment telling us your favorite rock song that talks about airplanes and flying. Of course, do not forget every Sunday is New Music Sunday on the Facebook page for the Fortress of Rock. We will post a video from YouTube of a brand new song most likely something we have discussed in the breakdown segment or are going to discuss in a future episode on the breakdown segment. Don't know yet, quite yet, what we're going with for this Sunday, but I'm sure we'll find something awesome. All right, Doc Brown is signaling me we're dropping out of the time stream. We are going to do birthdays first this week. As I alluded to earlier in the podcast, a very eclectic mix of topics here. And I want to go back. We've got rap. We've got R&B. We have got hippie music. We've got everything. So with birthdays, let us go back to June the 16th of 1971. Yes, we're going to talk about rap music. You guys know how I feel about it, but kind of hard to ignore the birthday of one of the top figures in rap music. Now, of course, deceased. June the 16th, 1971 was the birthday of Tupac Shakur. Going all the way back to June the 16th of 1958, one hit wonders, but who among you of my age group growing up in the 80s, how do you guys not not remember musical youth and pass the duchy, pass the duchy on the left hand side? Patrick Waite, one of the members of Musical Youth, 
and performer on that one hit wonder song from 1982, Pass the Duchy. Patrick White, born on this day in 1958. Now, this one's a little personal for me. Not that I love the band, but I love one of their songs. And it happens to be one of, if not their greatest hit. Born on June the 16th, 1953, drummer for the band Marillion, Ian Mosley. The song that I just love, one of the most touching emotional songs when it comes to rock songs of all time, in my opinion, is the gorgeous, beautiful song, Kaylee. I actually went out and bought a Marillion album because it had Kaylee on it. And the rest of the songs, I was like, what, what is this? This isn't any good. But the song Kaylee is just gorgeous. It's it's up there with Hootie and the Blowfish and Let Her Cry in terms of how, for me at least, from a guy's perspective, we talked about the sappy stuff Extreme put on their new album, Six. Guys can get emotional too, but a song like Kaylee, or again, Let Her Cry, are the two examples that jump to mind. I find to be just beautiful, gorgeous love songs. Now, of course, the theme there is lost love. Usually songs like this that guys like aren't sunny, happy, great ending songs. Ian Mosley, drummer from Aurelian, born on this day in 1953. Now we get into some R&B to wrap up our birthdays here in I Want to Go Back. June the 16th, 1942, Eddie Levert from the OJs. Happy birthday to Eddie Levert. And then finally, a year earlier, June the 16th, 1941, Lamont Dozier of the arguably all-time greatest songwriting group, in this case a trio, Holland, Dozier Holland. Of course, Holland, Dozier Holland wrote 14 U.S. number one hit songs for Motown Records. You got a better songwriting tandem duo, trio, group, pass them along on the Facebook page. I think it's going to be tough to beat Holland, Dozier, Holland with 14 number one hits in the U.S. Now, of course, you've got to remember, this isn't like Lennon and McCartney, where they were writing songs for their own group. Holland, Dozier, Holland were writing these songs for different acts. That's why it's so impressive. All right, let's move on to anniversaries. I feel like we just talked about the pretenders and the tragic end to the first incarnation of the pretenders. Well, here we go again. June the 16th, 1982, pretenders guitarist 
James Honeyman Scott died after a long battle with drug addiction. And of course, when I say the classic lineup of the pretenders, and we're not going to get into the, my, my views on them being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but we're talking about the, the quartet that made the first two albums. And then basically it became Martin Chambers on drums, Chrissy Hind, of course, vocalist, and now it's just Chrissy Hind and whoever she wants to play behind her. All right, kids, getting ready for some hippie stuff? Ready to snap your fingers as applause? Not going that far. We're not going into like a beat poetry cafe in San Francisco. But we go back to June the 16th, 1972. David Bowie releases the classic The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. June the 16th, 1969, Johnny Cash releases the live album at San Quentin, which of course was his follow-up to his classic live album at another prison, at Folsom Prison. June the 16th, 1967, a lot of people could argue that this is one of the most significant days in rock history for this moment. The Monterey Pop Festival began on this day in 1967. All of the bands, all of the performers, all of the acts agreed to play for free, donating all of their proceeds to charity. Hence, many, many people believe that the start of the Monterey Pop Festival back in 1967 on this day was also the start of the Summer of Love. The Who played, Simon and Garfunkel played at the Monterey Pop Festival. Again, many, many people would probably tell you that this day in 1967, one of the most significant in rock and roll history. And then finally, June the 16th, 1965, you guys know I rip on Bob Dylan all the time as a performer, not as a songwriter, but one of the few songs that he performed and wrote that actually came out Pretty good, even with him singing. Bob Dylan recorded the song Like a Rolling Stone in New York City on this day in 1965. And that's it. Doc Brown and I are heading back into the Fortress of Rock Garage, pulling out of the time stream, I want to go back, is done, it is over, is fini. But the podcast is not over yet. 
Some very interesting stuff to discuss in the final segment. It's Wrap It Up coming up after a quick promo break, kids. I'll be right back. Well, we hope you enjoyed our trip back in time, looking back at the anniversaries, the classic moments in rock and roll history. But of course, the DeLorean works both ways. So now we have to move forward. The last segment here, as always, on the Fortress of Rock with me, the maestro Kevin Crane. Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Stitcher, CastBox, Google, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's all about the future. What's coming out here in the next month or two? What songs? What albums? What concert tours? That's why we call it Wrap It Up. Thanks to the fabulous Thunderbirds. Thanks to you for hanging out. Here comes our final segment. All right, everybody, that's going to about do it. Father's Day weekend here. Episode 96, June the 16th, 2023. Again, hope all the dads and everybody has a phenomenal, phenomenal weekend. Hug your dad. Get him something, even if it's something small, something you made. Get him something nice. Wives, leave your husbands alone and let them just enjoy. Maybe they want to watch the U.S. Open. Can't believe NASCAR doesn't have a race on Father's Day weekend. That seems kind of counterintuitive, but let them relax. You got your day. Let them have theirs. So again, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there and everybody else. It is time for Wrap It Up. Fourth and final segment each and every Friday night here on the Fortress of Rock, where we talk about what we're going to be reviewing and discussing in breakdown in the coming weeks. Kind of already alluded to the schedule here for the rest of June, but let's just recap it for you. In terms of albums and concerts, next week, Another highly anticipated major rock release. I will have my review of Queens of the Stone Age, the brand new album in Time's New Roman. Cannot wait to pass my review along to you for this one, kids. I know, I don't want to set myself up two weeks in a row for disappointment, but... Just heard the third single, released, of course, on today's album release day, June the 16th, Paper Machete, and it is awesome. So, so far, two out of the three songs out there right now. Haven't had a chance to listen to the full album yet, but two of the three singles that are out there, fantastic. So next week, Queens of the Stone Age. In Times, New Roman. And of course, I've talked about in two weeks, a very, very special episode of the Fortress of Rock. Not quite to 100 yet. It'll be our 98th episode. But it's going to be all about John Mellencamp. 
we will have our review of his brand new album, Orpheus Descending. Just listen to the title track. That would be the third release off of that album, as it also came out today. Much, much better than The Eyes of Portland. The title track, Orpheus Descending, is great. So, again, looking forward to this one as well in two weeks. But I have got to digest this album. I have got to listen to it because a week from tomorrow, as we tape here on the 16th of June, I will be seeing John Mellencamp live in South Bend, Indiana. So, two weeks from tonight on the Fortress of Rock new episode, not only featuring a review of the new Mellencamp album, Orpheus Descending, but a review of John Mellencamp live in concert. That is going to take up the bulk of our episode in two weeks. Three weeks from now. I told you, we've got June covered when it comes to music. Reviews, concerts. Episode 99 will feature the new Album from Aaron Jones, Chronicles of the Kid, will be our featured album review in three weeks. That will actually take us into July. Singles. Wow, a very mixed bag. Interesting, outstanding. Uh-huh. Yes, I know. I've been saying it for weeks. I've still got the Pretenders. I've still got Peter Gabriel on my radar. But I'm a little more sure about these songs we're going to discuss here over the next few minutes in terms of reviewing them throughout the month of June. We talked about Alice Cooper. Brand new album, Road, coming out August the 25th. First single is... Wow. Creative. I'm Alice. (laughs) I'm Alice will be reviewed here on the Fortress of Rock over the next couple weeks. We talked about Rick Springfield. I'm a little more geeked about this. I told you guys. Rick Springfield to me is underrated. I like the guy a lot. I can't say I've listened to any new music he's put out over the last 20 plus years, but back in the day, I did listen to his albums, not just the singles, his albums. And supposedly, again, interviews, stories surrounding the release of his new album, Automatic, out August the 4th. He is trying to go back and recreate his sound from some of those older albums. So I'm looking forward to that. He has got two singles out. From Automatic, the title track, and She Walks with the Angels. So we're going to go ahead and review those for you here in the next couple weeks. On the Fortress of Rock. Uh, Dolly Parton, we talked about her as well in segment one. I told you, I'll probably end up reviewing Bygones. Bygones is the song she's doing, brand new song, with 
Rob Halford of Judas Priest. I'll listen to the cover of Magic Man she does with Ann Wilson of Heart. You know I'm not a big fan of reviewing covers, live albums, that type of stuff. We do have rules and regulations here on the Fortress. So we'll see. We'll see with that one. Bygones probably coming up here in the breakdown segment in the next two or three weeks. Finally, let's end on a high note. If you guys haven't figured it out already, a few weeks back from my ecstatic, enthusiastic review of the return of the hives in the song Bogus Operandi, the second single from their upcoming album coming out in August, The Death of Randy Fitzsimmons, is out, and it is awesome. Listen to it once, love it already. That is the true sign of a great song. You don't have to grow into it. You don't have to listen to it multiple times. First time, it hits you. You love it. Let's go. Second single from the Hive's upcoming album is Countdown to Shutdown. Most likely we'll have that for you next week here on the Fortress of Rock. 95% sure that that will be paired with Queens of the Stone Age. That will be an absolutely face-melting, rocking segment of Breakdown coming up on June the 23rd, episode 97. But that is going to do it here. For episode 96, it is time to say bye-bye. As always, enjoy doing this with you guys. Love talking rock and roll with anybody and everybody. Recently started a new job. I am indoctrinating all these people to the music that we love, talking about concerts, trying to get them to come out of their shells and discuss the music they love, the concerts they've seen, and it's working like a charm. We're all getting along great. So music is the great connector. Music brings us all together, especially rock and roll. So do like I did. Get out there. Talk to people about rock and roll. It's never going to die, but at times seems like it's on life support. So we've got to keep it alive. We are the doctors of rock. Look at it that way, kids. you got a PhD in rock and roll. Go out there and use it. Let's keep rock and roll alive. I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. Episode 97 next week, June the 23rd. Next time I'll talk to you. Until then, again, have a great Father's Day weekend. Have a great seven days. Love the one you're with, especially your dad. And I will talk to you next week.